Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. One of the stories you'll see across the political landscape is that we're doing an absolutely terrible job of rolling out coronavirus vaccines. Awful job, terrible job, worst job ever in the history of ever. We're just the worst. Now, I'm not so much a buyer into that theory. However, it seems that there are a fair number of people who don't understand how a rollout is supposed to work. And that when you're dealing with a vaccine that has an expiration date, when you can't get it to the people you want to get it to, you get it to someone. Let's put that into a more English-based context. We want to vaccinate the elderly population the at-risk population, first responders, nurses, hospital workers, doctors, right? That's what we want to do. Now get to a situation where that's who you want to vaccinate, but you have no more people coming in for that vaccination, no more ways to get people that vaccination, but you have this 32-year-old mom and you have this 43-year-old construction worker. The vaccine is running out of life. It either gets injected or it goes bad. Now the question is, do you vaccinate the 32-year-old mom and the 40-something-year-old construction worker, or do you let the vaccine just waste away? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. A lot of talk about how the vaccine is going and who the vaccine is going to, and very possibly some people are doing things not in order. Well, perhaps, just perhaps, there's a reason for that. And what if the reason is exactly what I said? That they tried a system, some people couldn't make it, some people weren't available, maybe they were sick and they couldn't get the vaccine, a hundred possible reasons, you've got the vaccine, why not do something with it? In New York, they don't allow these kinds of things. They do not allow professionals to act like professionals. This is from Andrew Cuomo. I am issuing an executive order increasing penalties for providers that intentionally disregard prioritization. I am also making eligibility certification by recipients a mandatory part of the vaccination process. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean I have to prove that I'm eligible to get the vaccine? Well, now you're taking away the ability of the healthcare professional who has to now use up these vaccines to give them to people who could use the vaccine because who couldn't use the vaccine? You're telling them that they can't. Oh, no, 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 we're not just done with that. Administration to a person knowingly not eligible may result in a penalty for the provider of up to $1 million and a revocation of all state licenses. Tell me more about how government is here to help. Andrew Cuomo, so diseased and so desperate for power and for control that they're telling doctors and healthcare professionals 
nope, you can't just give a vaccine as you have to. This brings up the story of Israel and the pizza guy. An Israeli uh, healthcare worker, uh, you know, they know who they're going to give vaccines to, but at the end of the day in a vaccine center, a few doses left and will expire. Nurses go out, spot a pizza delivery guy, call him pizza guy. Want a vaccine? Boom. They give him the vaccine. Doesn't that seem rational to you? My wife is at a local supermarket. And supermarket has a pretty good liquor display. And after the holidays, you got a lot of those gift sets kinds of things, and right, they didn't sell. And so maybe, maybe there's a deal on something that, that, that she likes. And she goes over there, and there's someone actually there, like moving some boxes. Hey, do you have any of the gift sets on sale? No, no, don't have the gift sets on, on sale. Actually, what we do is we, we, we break them down. What do you mean you break them down? Well, we take like, if let's say it's a bottle of Maker's Mark bourbon and it comes with two glasses, we take the glasses out and we, we sell the bourbon. Oh, okay, there must be a system for allowing that. What do you do with the glasses? Well, we used to give them out to the staff, but then some people complained that they weren't here on the day we were giving them out. So now we just throw them away. They've got glass, you know, you've seen all the gift sets, right? Uh, uh, they've got rocks glasses, shot glasses, margarita glass, whatever it is. They throw them out rather than just put up a table that says, hey, thanks for shopping here. Here's a glass. Madness, as I see it. Far worse is the idea that you would say, oh, well, the vaccines went. At least we didn't give them out in the wrong order. Whoo. Now, that's a little different than, let's say, Nebraska. Pete Ricketts, as is being reported, he's the governor. You've seen pictures right there. Illegal immigrants are not permitted to work in certain facilities, so I don't think that will be a problem. Meaning, undocumented workers, illegal immigrants, in meatpacking plants will not be getting the coronavirus. Oh, we're going to see how this one plays out. Because I don't make the argument that we should not be treating well people who are in the country illegally, meaning that we should be removing people who are in the country illegally. But if we're talking about a virus, doesn't necessarily matter to me who we put the injection into. Americans first, sure. But I'm not so much in favor of the idea of, oh no, we wouldn't do that. We're gonna end up giving vaccines to everybody we possibly can, boom, 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 might as well. It's better for the health of a nation. That's something that Governor Ricketts is going to have to dig into. Conceptually, he's not wrong. We shouldn't be in any way supporting illegal immigration at all and in any way. Andrew Cuomo is completely wrong and is going to get people killed because he's just too obsessed with power. That brings us to Rosa Flores of CNN asking questions of Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis wouldn't even let me finish asking my question. Take a listen. Governor, Governor what, what has gone wrong with Governor? What has gone wrong with the rollout of the vaccine that we've seen phone lines jammed, websites crashed? There's a lot of demand. I mean, also, I think at the I, end of the I, day, we, excuse finish, me, excuse could, me. If I could finish my question, you just said what has gone wrong, so I'm answering the question. If I, she asked a complete question. Ron DeSantis goes to answer it, and she's not done because she's not done berating him. 
and she thinks she's a journalist asking a legitimate question. I could complete the question, though. So are you going to give a speech thing? or are you going to answer, ask a question? With all due respect, Governor, you I'm You asked the question, I'm, I'm going to answer it. I'm trying to finish my you're question. Not, no, you're, you're, you're giving a speech. You asked the question. I am trying to ask you the... You're going to ask how many questions? You get three? They only got one question. Why do you get three? With all due respect, Governor, I'm just asking if I could finish my question. You didn't. You my, finished the question. I did not. My full question is what went wrong with the rollout of the vaccine when we've seen phone lines jammed, websites So you're repeating your question. She asked the question, and now she's saying, look at all the terrible things that you've done. Because it's a Republican. You simply can't be kind to a Republican. Now, now can you? Look how she started the piece. He wouldn't even let me finish my question. You finished the question. Now you want to berate, which is not the job of the journalist. To complete it for you, Governor, we've seen websites crash and also senior citizens waiting overnight for the vaccine. Where was that at? We've seen it in Duval, Broward, Orange, and Lee County. Why was, like, in Lee, why did that happen? Did you investigate why? That's my question to you, Governor. You're the governor of the state. I'm not the governor of the state. Okay, but you didn't investigate why that happened like in Lee County. Why, why was there a big line? Did you did you investigate why? Could you tell us because why? Because we, we distributed vaccine to hospitals, and, and the hospital said, first come, first serve. If you show up, we'll do it. So they didn't use a registration system. There wasn't anything that was done. The hospital made the decision. The hospital is the reason why there was a long line. We left it to the experts to decide how this is done. And watch what CNN reporter Rosa Flores does. And there's a lot of demand for it, so people are going to want to so go ahead and, uh, no and get it. So are you saying there was no plan then from the state to make sure that senior citizens didn't wait outside overnight? So, so are you saying there was no plan from the state? The senior citizen had to wait outdoors overnight. Well, they didn't have to do anything. But when the government decides to do it, like Andrew Cuomo, those people don't even get a vaccine. The vaccines are, they're happier if they throw the vaccines out because they went bad than to give them the people out of order. And now here's CNN upset that the state said to to the hospitals, you guys figure it out. You're the experts. You go do the thing. She is just out of her head. The state is not dictating to hospitals how, we're not dictating to Carlos Magoya how he runs his operations here. That would be a total disaster. By the way, in this, it's very clear that Ron DeSantis is running for president in 2024. It's your choice on how you want this vaccination rollout to go. Do you trust the hands of government or do you trust the experts? Yeah, sometimes it's hard to trust either, but you got to pick one. I'm Tony Katz. So this is a pretty interesting fight. And it's the fight of whether or not you think the Republicans or the Democrats are in more disarray. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Twitter, Tony Katz. Parlor, Tony Katz, P-A-R-L-E-R. You can uh, check me out right there. Feel free. Go right ahead. This fight. This conversation, oh, the Republicans are in disarray. Well, no, the Democrats are in disarray. No, the Republicans are in disarray. This made its way to The View. Now, I share with you stories from The View because never have you seen something so completely and totally nasty. Nasty. Meghan McCain is back. She's been on maternity leave. 
And Joy Behar is answering a question, pretending to know what she's talking about. It starts off innocently and pathetically enough. On the one hand, you have the Republicans. On the other, you have the seditionists. That's the fight that's going on in the Republican Party right now. In the Democratic Party, you have the progressives versus the moderates, which is, uh, you know, de rigueur, as they say. You know, it's what it always is. It's typical politics. The Republican Party is in much more trouble right now because you you have really traitors. Excuse me, am I done? I'm not done. Well, let's take a, a, a breath. Joy Behar also thinks that the Tea Party was extremists. <laughs> Let's lower spending. You're an extremist. I was a Tea Party guy. <laughs> we, we lost that battle. We lost that battle. What do you want me to say? We wanted to reduce spending. Nobody wants to reduce spending. No one. But there's, you know, she's saying, you know, with the Democrats, it's standard kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, Republicans, oh, this is the seditionist, the seditionist, the seditionist. It's all very, very bad. I think that Joy Behar has watched a lot of Hamilton on Disney and uh, Disney Plus, and she thinks she knows things. Enter Meghan McCain, and it gets ugly. Well, it's just that's completely inaccurate. You have AOC fighting right now about whether or not she's going to end up primarying Chuck Schumer, coming out not saying she has the full support of of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. You have the squad that's coming out very intensely, very angry that Biden hasn't filled his cabinet with more progressives. Bernie Sanders also coming out saying he's angry. The idea that there isn't fighting within the Democratic Party as well. I know I was talking. Right. I'm talking about. I'm talking okay. about somebody. Somebody so yeah. missed me so much when I was on maternity leave. You missed me so much. You missed fighting with me. I did I not miss fighting. I did with not me. miss you. Okay. <laughs> I, somebody. Oh let somebody. <laughs> I did not. I did not miss you at all. Holy cow! Let, I mean, I'm going to get into a conversation later about the this idea of unity. There is no unity. Let's not kid ourselves. Don't lie to yourself. Don't let anybody lie to you. There is no unity. There is no unity coming. The political left does not want unity. They want to destroy you if you're on the political right. How dare you have these thoughts? They believe you shouldn't be able to get a job. They believe you shouldn't be able to work in an institution or like like a university. Oh my gosh, certainly can't be elected. There is no unity. And this is just perfect Joy Behar drivel. And, and, and for the record, I, I'm not specifically angry with, with Meghan McCain. I'm just, I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, and it very much has to do with the fact that everything with her goes back to her father, the late Senator John McCain. And Senator John McCain wasn't a good senator. These are the facts as presented. I get that you, your job is to, uh, you know, protect his legacy. My job is to remember that he wasn't a very good senator. Right? That's, that's, that's all. I don't want to be angry with you. I don't want you angry with me. I'm just stating the, the facts. But this idea of infighting. Now, the Democrats are absolutely in a, in a fight. Right, And they're in a fight for power. And the power fight goes to the idea of whether or not they are progressives, socialists, or whether or not they are less progressive socialists. That's really what the fight is about. 
right? Um, I, I've, I've said before, right? They're not talking about. Um, uh, they're they're not fighting about what they are. They're fighting about how fast they get to the place, right? The Bernie Ocasio Cortez wing, uh, they want that socialism immediately. And I love when people are like, "Well, it's not really what they mean. They're not really socialists. They're democratic socialists." Stop it! Stop with the wordplay. They're socialists. They are what they are. Just handle the fact they are what they are based on their policies and based on their statements. And then usually the response will be, well, then I guess you're a racist. Based on what? Your imagination? What in my policies and what in my statements would ever make you say such a thing? Remember, these people don't do any work. They're not actually interested in what you have to say. They're only interested in denigrating you and dehumanizing you and keeping you from being able to speak. That's what they do. Because if you're able to speak, you can refute their points, and then they have to somehow defend their points. And since their points are based on emotion and not logic, that's a pretty tall order. So there's this fight in the Democratic Party for sure. The Republican Party is in for a fight. Life post-Trump. Now, that does not mean I'm not in favor of the challenges coming tomorrow. I am, actually. I think the people opposed to the challenges are mistaken. And I think the people who have put forth the idea that the Republican Party will regret it, um, Noah Rothman writing that piece of Commentary Magazine, I like Noah. Noah's a good dude, uh, and Noah's a bright dude. He's just wrong here in, in at least that type of headline uh, because the, the regret will be as if you do nothing. What we're seeing in this, in this fight regarding the electors is the idea of what we saw in Pennsylvania and what we saw from voting machines in Michigan and what we saw uh, uh, states do uh, regarding uh, extending voting times and how they accepted ballots and the, the votes found in Georgia. These things are problematic. How can you say otherwise? Why are you saying otherwise? Why does it not matter to you media? It doesn't seem to matter to them. And that is stunning and shocking. And so to not engage this is, I think, what Republicans would regret. And I think that's why you have so many members of Congress and now growing number of senators saying, yeah, well, we're going to take a look. They've got the Constitution and they've got the law, really, right, uh, that, that extends from it on their side. But is there a fight in the Republican Party? Well, I, I got to assume there is the post-Trump fight. Were lessons learned? We'll get into some of those lessons coming up on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz Today. Kamala Harris is a liar. Now, that's a bold statement. I mean, that's no way to start a, a, a bit of radio. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number. I'm just saying she's a liar. She's been a liar her whole life. She lied most recently when she said, well, you know, uh, when my family and I used to gather around to celebrate Kwanzaa, and I said, like many people said, she celebrated Kwanzaa? I guess it's possible she celebrated Kwanzaa, but what are actually the odds that she celebrated Kwanzaa? Her whole life, she talks about growing up Indian and those being the things that she celebrated.
I don't know how Kwanzaa would fit in that celebration, but it's her, it's Kamala Harris, it's making things up is part of who she is and what she does. So I don't put it past her that she simply made it up. And oh, she gave, she gave a beautiful story about it. Oh my gosh, just so loving and joyous about the great time that she had as a child and, and celebrating, it's, it's, it's quite a story. And no, I don't believe her. And if you want backup, let me bring you to the story from just the other day. There is an interview that Martin Luther King gave. This is 1961, 1965. It came out in Playboy magazine. Playboy was a magazine you used to read, your fathers used to read for the articles. And in 1965, January issue of Playboy, it's an interview with Alex Haley. Martin Luther King Jr. discusses a, uh, a, a, something that happened in a march in Birmingham, Alabama. And this is how Martin Luther King tells the story. There's a little Negro girl, his words, not mine, Martin Luther King, seven or eight years old, was walking in a demonstration with her mother. And she came upon a a police officer, as the story goes. What do you want? The policeman asked her gruffly. And the little girl looked him straight in the eye and answered, feed him. Right? She's a little kid. She couldn't say freedom, so she called it FEDOM, F-E-E-D-O-M. She couldn't even pronounce it, but she knew it was beautiful. This is the story that Martin Luther King Jr. tells. Printed 1965. Let us go to Kamala Harris, the senator from California, the probable future vice president of the United States. We'll know tomorrow. She does an interview with Elle magazine. And the person writing the article says that Kamala Harris, quote, remembers being wheeled through an Oakland, California civil rights march in a stroller with no straps with her parents and her uncle. At some point, she fell from the stroller. And it actually says here, few safety regulations existed for children's equipment back then. And the adults, caught up in the rapture of the protest, just kept on marching. By the time they noticed little Kamala was gone and doubled back, she was understandably upset. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, it's possible. Sometime, sometimes the kid, yeah, the kid's missing and, and didn't know where mom was. And Okay. And according to Kamala Harris, my mother tells the story about how I'm fussing. She's like, baby, what do you want? What do you need? And I just looked at her and I said, freedom, F-W-E-E-D-O-M. You see, when Martin Luther King tells the story, it's freedom. When Kamala Harris tells the story, it's freedom. Now the question is, do you believe at all and in any way that story happened to Kamala Harris? Did Kamala Harris ever have this happen to her, ever say those words, or did Kamala Harris invent a story that sounded good that she's used for her entire career and no one ever questioned it because no one has an understanding of history nor can connect to it? 
there is a show called The League. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. It's not on the air anymore. It used to be on uh, FX. It was funny as can be. And there's an actor in that story named Steve Ranazisi, who I've actually interviewed before. He's a nice enough dude. But Steve Ranazisi tells a story about escaping the Twin Towers during September 11th. The problem is, it never happened. It began as just a commentary, and then it kind of grew into a story, and then he just started telling the story, but he never was there. He lied about it. In 2009, he actually told Mark Mehron that he worked on the 54th floor of the second tower and got to the streets before the second plane hit. But he actually worked in Midtown New York, Midtown Manhattan at the time. He just started it and he started lying. Why you would lie about something like that, beyond my understanding, I have no clue. No clue why you would do something like that. That's nuts. People do weird things. They do weird, weird, strange things. Kamala Harris has never been questioned a day in her life. She never had a reason to be questioned. All hell, the great Kamala. And I pronounce her name properly, so please. And now she's being questioned about it, and no one's going to say a word. She plagiarized Martin Luther King Jr. Don't you think someone should say, whoa, 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 what is this? Did she learn how to plagiarize from Biden? Joe Biden, when he was running for president, one of the other times he ran for president, uh, plagiarized an entire speech from Neil Kinnock, who was a British parliamentarian, down to commentary about his wife. That, that's Joe Biden. And now this from Kamala Harris, which isn't the first and won't be the last. The one thing I am so scared of, so scared of, is the idea of plagiarism. Do you know I don't listen to other radio hosts? I don't listen to podcasts. I do podcasts. I don't listen to them. Every now and again, my my wife may be listening to, to Joe Rogan. She listens to a couple. So I may hear some. The reason I don't is because I don't want anybody else's thought in my head. I don't ever want to be told that I didn't do the research and come up with the theories, the thoughts on my own. If I have somebody hear something, I give them credit. At least I make sure to try to all the time. Other people do it like it's like, you know, like it's drinking water. Is Kamala Harris a liar? Yes, Kamala Harris is a liar. Not because I say so, but because she says so. I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Well, it's not bourbon, but this new year, order a Bushmills Irish whiskey from your favorite neighborhood pub, and the beloved Irish whiskey will cover the cost. According to IrishCentral.com, Bushmills' first whiskey of 2021 campaign aims to send America a friendly Irish gesture to raise spirits by covering the bill for thousands of New Year's toasts. To redeem this offer, which is 
available through March 18th. You can simply buy a Bushmills whiskey from your favorite bar or restaurant, take a photo of the itemized receipt displaying the purchase, and upload it to their website, Bushmills.com. A valid receipt will receive a reimbursement of $6 for your purchase. Free whiskey. Happy New Year, America. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, or your favorite podcast platform. Eat, Drink, Smoke. Georgia election continues. And can I tell you, I'm a little surprised. I have not heard, like, word one. I'm not hearing about problems. I'm not hearing about issues. Certainly, we're already hearing that there's a high turnout, and we could get to not having an answer tonight. I I think we're all ready for that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. TonyCats.com for everything uh, that we do. The podcast available at Rumble. Rumble.com. Um, it's just that I'm surprised I'm not hearing the, the screaming, the yelling of, here's the problem, here's where I, uh, I couldn't get to vote, here's the machine that wasn't working. I'm assuming those issues exist. They exist in, in every election. Just really surprised I'm not, I'm not hearing them. Now, should I get into should I get into that Trump line? Because President Trump said something where I'm I'm not there. I am I am absolutely not there, and I'm totally fine with with taking a look at this election and and taking a look at these electors. Makes perfect sense to me. As a matter of fact, I, I have questions about the people who aren't interested in doing that. We either follow the system or we don't. Well, the system is, uh, but Joe Biden won. Were those systems followed? Because <laughs> in Pennsylvania, they were not followed. It was this line from President Trump when he was in Georgia campaigning for David Perdue and for Kelly Leffler. And I hope Mike Pence comes through for us, I have to tell you. I hope that our great vice president... Our great vice president comes through for us. He's a great guy. Of course, if he doesn't come through, I won't like him quite as much. No, Mike is a great guy. He's a, he's a, he's a wonderful man and a, a smart man and a man that I like a lot. But he's going to have a lot to say about it. And he, you know one thing with him, you're going to get straight shots. He's going to call it straight. That's exactly what Mike Pence is going to do. That goes without saying. So when the president tweeted, Hello. Hey, sir. The vice president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. Um, I don't believe that to be the case. I'm staring at Clause 2 and Clause 3, people. Clause 4 as well. I've got the Constitution in front of me here, right? Article 2. Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress, but no senator or representative or person holding an office of trust or profit under the United States shall be appointed an elector. 
right? So if you have nine members of Congress and two senators, you have 11 electors. The key here in Clause 2, in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct. This is the Pennsylvania problem, because the courts did the directing there, not the legislature. The legislature was usurped, and that's why Pennsylvania should be put to the side. And again, I say, the people who aren't with me on that or aren't with you on that, man, I look at them like they got nine heads. Clause 3 discusses when these things are counted, and that the, uh, the president of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and House of Representatives, open all the certificates, and the votes shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes shall be president. And it goes on from there, but nowhere does it state that the vice president has any authority whatsoever to reject fraudulently chosen electors. Now, I believe uh, that the conversation between the House and the Senate and the objecting to electors, people could say, well, Tony, that was for one specific instance and, and that law has never really been challenged. That was the conversation that William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the brains behind LegalInsurrection.com was having yesterday. And I've thought long and hard about this. And... The fact that a law has not been challenged doesn't necessarily mean that the law is a problem. Now, a law can be a problem when it's not challenged, like, for example, the Logan Act. But just because the law has never been challenged doesn't mean that the law is improper. They had to ask themselves the something that wasn't, you know, uh, thought about when, in the time of creating the Constitution. What happens if an elector is, well, ill-gotten? The election of Rutherford, Rutherford B. Hayes is part of that conversation that people are, are going to and utilizing as an example. I put forth that, of course, the legislature should be able to make that, that call in terms of they can argue it. These are the representatives of the people, right? Now, it'd be a lot, it, you know, it would be a lot better if, if the senators were chosen by the legislatures as opposed to direct election, but that's neither here nor there. Let's not say it's a federal usurpation. I'm a believer in states' rights. But the people of the state of Pennsylvania were usurped by the courts. And so who now engages and protects them? You could argue, well, they went to the Supreme Court and they didn't hear the case. This is why Justice Alito and Justice Thomas said we should hear the case. Because this is a conversation about the states and our job is to settle those disputes. That's part of what we do, people but they didn't hear the case. So you can argue other court cases as Andrew McCarthy of National Review does, and I think very effectively, by the way, even if it's to your consternation, that when the Trump administration or the Trump campaign has had the chance to argue in front of courts, let's say in Wisconsin, they've done a very poor job of it. That's an acceptable thing to say. We can agree or disagree about it. That's a fine take. But when the Supreme Court does not engage I believe it is the House of Representatives, it is this, it is Congress that acts as the check and the balance on this very issue coming from the states and whether or not the laws were indeed followed. I go the other way, that not that it's a usurpation, it is a necessity. All of that said, I have no idea what Donald Trump is saying right here, and he was flat out wrong to say it. Mike Pence doesn't have the authority to reject electoral college results. 
He presides. It's the vice presidency. You break ties in the Senate, you attend funerals. That's the job. So the president is wrong here. And don't be putting Mike Pence into that spot. He doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve that. Republicans got outlawed in places like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, and now they're dealing with it. The challenge tomorrow? Fine by me. We'll get into more of it. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today.